Good morning. Thanks so much for joining us for our series, Naturally Supernatural. So one time I went down to Arkansas to visit a friend down there who has a church. And um, he was driving me around his town. And he told me that he was going to take me to something called Backyard Church. Now, what Backyard Church was is we, we pulled up to this guy's house. And we went into, you probably guessed it, his backyard. And when we got there, there was probably about eight guys there. And none of these guys were, were churchgoers. And they're all sitting around. Um, there were various types of drinks and tobacco and football and chili. And it was just a bunch of guys hanging out. And my friend, um, they, they, what they would do is they'd all get together. And they'd ask my friend to do some sort of a devotional. Um, now, these guys weren't really used to church or small groups or anything like that, but they, they craved something spiritual. And so that they would invite this guy, to my friend, to come over and just have these deep spiritual conversations about God, and they would, they would talk about it. And so in this particular uh, time, in this devotional that my, that my friend shared, he was talking about healing and how God had, had healed him. And... There were, there were a couple guys you could tell typically would, would talk and, and would kind of keep the conversation going. But all of a sudden, there was this one guy who was kind of sitting in, in, in the corner, and he kind of spoke up. He said, yeah, I got a question. And everybody went quiet and kind of looked over at him. And, and I didn't realize this at the time, but I guess they'd been doing these, these meetings for um, almost two years. This guy hasn't said anything during the kind of devotional discussion time. So everybody looks to him and, and he says, yeah, I got a question. Um, I'll flip through the TV and I see these guys who are saying that they will heal somebody, but they need money and that they'll only heal you if, if they get money and they claim to be men of God. And he said, you know, I, I kind of have a problem with that. I don't really know if I want to follow God and believe in Jesus if, if that's what it's about. My friend did such a good job of discussing, you know, hey, just because there's these guys, he said, listen, I, I don't believe in that either, where there's this sort of healing for money and this sort of, um, you know, the people that you see on TV a lot, where it's this, this show and production and it's not about Jesus. And he did a great job of, of saying, hey, Jesus is different than that. But what I saw is that this man seeing those things on TV and seeing these sort of, these sort of healings that were motivated by money and, and false motives um, had diverted him away from a relationship with Jesus. And what I also realized is that I think a lot of times us seeing those sort of encounters, those sort of things have diverted maybe Christ followers from trying to pursue healing. We're trying to pursue miraculous healing um, in our lives and in the lives of people that we encounter. And so today what I want to do is I want to talk through miraculous healing. Talking through, um, you know, being naturally supernatural. How do we see miraculous healing? Should we be asking for it? Does it happen in this day and age? Um, and so as we get started, I just want you guys to check out this video from Alpha. As a child, I played a lot of basketball, and I think that's where the problem with my knee started. 
and it became worse after joining the Royal Marines. The tendons were, were, were ripped, the ligaments were ripped. And as a result, my kneecap was sort of free floating in my leg, as it were. I couldn't walk for a long period of time. I couldn't sit for a long period of time. And in itself, running was completely out of the question. I got a U-turn when I came to Alpha. I was, I was invited, reluctantly accepted, I must highlight. You know, very cynical about the entire thing. And then a chap said he had a word of knowledge about this young man who has this knee problem. And he's been ongoing for a long time. He needs to get it sorted. And he, if he wants prayer, he can raise his hand. And I thought, oh my goodness, this is me. Who's, who told him about it? Who told him about my knee? And I cautiously raised my hand to my ear, just, just the height. And two, two guys came over and said, do you want to go on prayer? I said, yes. And I said, I'm, I'm the knee guy. Yeah, you could say so you could pray. And I really appreciate that. And they started praying for me and uh, placed his hand on my knee. And just 30 seconds, 45 seconds into prayer, there was this warmth in my knee. And then there was a tingling, which is a bit ticklish. So I started laughing. And at, at the end of the prayer, there was a slight difference. I could, I could sense there was a change. But I wanted to make, make sure that actually it is good to go. So I told them, step back, I need to test this. I absolutely just, just landed on my knees very heavily, like boom, on the, on the ground. And there was no pain. I just couldn't believe it. That after such a long period where I've been to top doctors, top physiotherapists in the armed forces trying to get this sorted, you know, and within three to five minutes, it's all gone. So the next day I went for a six mile run and in the end I felt absolutely fine. So I firmly believe that just like this video, we can see supernatural things happen in regards to healing. And I believe that not only is it possible, but I believe that it's something that Jesus instructed us to do. When Jesus sent out 72 of his followers in Luke 10 verse 9, he said this, he said, heal the sick who are there and tell them the kingdom of God has come near you. You know, when it, when it comes to healing, I believe that it's a kingdom issue. You know, the kingdom, when we talk about it, uh, Reggie McNeil says that it's, it's life as God intended it to be. So when we seek healing for ourselves and for people that we encounter, we are asking God, I want them to experience life like you intended it to be. And so if we pursue this healing and go after this healing um, and want to see this in our lives, um, I just want to encourage you today because I understand that you might be sitting there thinking, man, there's no way that I could pray for supernatural healing for somebody. Um, but I want to encourage you with this and these three different things um, that we can pray for when it comes to healing. Number one is that we pray for wholeness and restoration. Wholeness and restoration. James 5, 13 through 14, it says this, Is anyone among you suffering? He should pray. Is anyone cheerful? He should sing praises. Is anyone among you sick? He should call for the elders of the church, and they are to pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. You see, just like I said, the kingdom of God is life as God intended it to be. 
And so when we think of healing, I don't want us to just think of physical ailments, but I want us to think of wholeness, of, of all of us, everything that, that needs to be restored into perfect relationship with God. And so when we think of that, we don't just pray for physical healing. We also pray for emotional healing and spiritual healing and all sorts of things that need to be brought back into the way that God intended it to be. And so when it comes to praying for healing, I do want us to understand one thing. Um, God has a way of life that he gives us in, in his word. And there's also um, laws of the universe, ways that he set up the earth and the way that he set up our lives and the way that he, he scientifically made us to, to live and I think that we are always to obey his ways and honor, honor his laws. We're always supposed to be following him in, in the way that, that, that God wants us to go. And so part of the way that we see healing in our lives is just like in Proverbs 17, it says, a cheerful heart is good medicine, but a crushed spirit dries up the bones, saying the way we live our lives is so important. And, and, and let's not just pray for God to bring healing, but let's pray and also act. Let's pray and also walk in the ways that God has for us. You know, we, we need to pray for healing and obey the laws of the Bible and the laws of the universe. Um, you know, eating a bunch of Big Macs leads to high blood pressure. Smoking leads to lung cancer. Counting on the lottery or, or gambling instead of hard work to provide leads to financial ruin. Selfishness leads to broken marriages. Isolation leads to depression. And so there's these, these, these things that the laws and the ways that God made the, the world and he made us, it, it leads to destruction and leads to sickness. And so let's first off be advocates for healing in the way that we live our lives, in the ways that we want to see our community um, thriving. Let's be passionate about seeing healing in people's lives as a whole, that, that we are passionate about seeing people being restored into the perfect way of God. And so with that, um, you know, we do want to, uh, when we act, we also want to be praying for that healing, that supernatural, miraculous healing in the lives of people. And so with this, we pray in all things. We pray for the big things. We pray for the small things. We pray for the big things. We pray for when someone has cancer or someone's on their deathbed or a severe depression or a drug addiction or that marriage that is about to absolutely fall apart. And then we also pray for the, the quote-unquote small things. We pray for the colds. We pray for the sprained ankle. We pray for the phone addiction. We pray for healthy eating. You know, all of these things are, are big things, but a lot of times we can say, hey, these are the big things. These are the little things. What I'm saying is pray for all of it. Pray for healing in every area of our lives. Um, you know, in this time, weddings have been um, kind of different. There's, there hasn't been the wedding season that there typically is. Um, however, one of, one of the things that I'm not going to miss is the uh, tradition of um, 
you know, you'll, you'll be sitting at a wedding and you hear just like a tink, 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 tink on a glass and everyone does it. And, and, and you do it in order to get the bride and the, and the groom to like kiss. And it's supposed to be a cute little thing. Tink, 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 tink. And it's, you know, a little smooch. Uh, and why I don't like it, because at first it's cute. Oh, cute. Tink, tink, tink. Mm, and they kiss. What I don't like about it, there's always one like weirdo that's like way too into it. And it's like, Ting, ting, <laughs> yeah, you got a kiss. Woo, yes. Ting, 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 ting. Yeah, you got a kiss. Ting, ting, ting. And, um, and it's just, they, they, it's, it's over the top. It's, it's excessive. And, um, but with these weddings, it's like whenever you hear that ting, 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 you know, okay, the bride and the groom, they're going to kiss. Um, the, uh, the Absaloms, who, who a lot of this material has come from, um, you know, their teachings, um, you know, Alex and Hannah, they said that one of the things that they would do is, is, is instill in their children that they always pray for everything. And so they said like whenever they would hear a siren, they would, they would tell their kids, hey, we need to pray because there's something going on right now that someone needs prayer for. And I thought that was so cool because it's building in this rhythm in your life that it's just this lifestyle of every time we hear something that's going wrong, every time we know that there's somebody that, that needs Jesus or is having a hard time or is in pain, we're going to pray. We're not just going to wait for when uh, a loved one has some catastrophic event happen to us. Every single day we're going to have these things, these rhythms, these, these things that, oh, I hear this, I need to pray. And um, I, I think that we would probably benefit doing the same thing. Having different things where we say, okay, every time I hear a siren, I'm going to pray. It doesn't have to be a 10-minute prayer, but I'm going to stop. And I'm going to say, Jesus, I pray that you would help whoever that is that needs help out there. Or, or how about this? Whenever you have a coworker or a friend or a family member that expresses any sort of pain in their life, whether they say, hey, I have a really bad back, or they say, man, my marriage is kind of struggling. We've been fighting a lot. Or man, my kids are giving me a really hard time and I'm kind of worried about it. What if every time that you heard of somebody that is in pain and needs healing, if right in that moment you prayed for them? And I want you to think about if you'd have the courage to ask that person, hey, can I pray for you right now? Because I think that there is power in prayer. I think it's effective and I'd love to do it for you because I care about you. I think that that's, if we turn it into a lifestyle and, and a, a, a regular thing, I think that's how we turn healing into being naturally supernatural where we start to see these things snowball. And then all of a sudden when there is something major in these, lo in these people's lives, they're going to think to come to you to see if you'll pray for them. Um, you know, the beauty of this sort of thing is that it becomes a lifestyle and it presents so many opportunities for you to pray for somebody. So that's the first thing. Um, the second thing is that we pray with confidence. We pray with confidence. When we're praying for healing, we pray with confidence. James 5, 15 through 16 says this, the prayer of faith will save the sick person and the Lord will raise him up. If he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is very powerful in its effect. So what we see is that prayer is powerful. 
When we pray, the Bible says that it is very powerful. It is very effective. It's not something we do to feel better about ourselves or to to maybe convince ourselves that we care. It is powerful and it's effective. And I don't think that James would have put this in the Bible if, if it wasn't extremely true that when you pray for somebody, it is powerful and it's effective. Um, John Piper said this. He said that we can always pray for two things confidently when we pray for people who are sick. One is that God strengthens the faith of that person. We can always confidently pray for that person and, and first off say, God, I pray that you would strengthen their faith during this time. But number two, he said, pray that God would heal them. And you don't have to do a caveat to say, well, then, but if you don't, blah, 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 blah. He says, God wants to heal that person. God wants to bring restoration and wholeness to that person. He died for that restoration and that wholeness. And so we need to confidently pray, God, I pray that you would heal them. I pray that you would heal them. And we can do this confidently because the prayer of a righteous person is very powerful in its effect. You know, there's this, um, this phrase that, that goes around that says, you know, prayer may not change things, but prayer changes me and I change things. And it's a, it's a nice phrase. It's a great bumper sticker, but I don't think it's necessarily um, 100% true because here in James 5, we see where, where, where it says that the prayer of a righteous person is powerful in its effect. It's effective. It does something. Now, I don't understand how prayer works or, or, or why sometimes we see different levels of healing, why, why Jesus at some times would, would pray once and someone's miraculously healed or, or he'd touch somebody and they're healed or he'd just speak the words of the, or they're, and they're healed or he'd pray multiple times and there was this progressive healing. I don't understand that. All I know is that prayer is effective. And I think that in our prayers, we can be confident to fully pray for miraculous healing because ultimately, God wants to heal. God wants to heal. We don't have to say, okay, God, we know you may not heal them, and that's okay. You're sovereign. If they need to lament in order to be taught a lesson, so be it. But with all that being said, we pray that you'd heal them. No, pray that God would restore their lives and do something amazing that only he can do. That only he can do. Um, you know, I... I used to play basketball. I was not very good. Um, but one of the things that they teach you is a, it's called the triple threat. Um, the triple threat is, is when you're in a position and, and to where they say, hey, it's a triple threat because you can do one of three things. You can dribble, you can pass, or you can shoot. And, and the thing about the triple threat is that you're in the position where you could do any of the three things, but you, if you're a good basketball player, know, okay, I have one of three things that I can do. And I'm going to do whatever is ultimately going to bring the victory to this team. And here's the thing about when God promises healing for the believer. Because I believe that there are three ways that God heals. And this brings me confidence. There's three ways that he heals. One is immediate. 
That's a miraculous, all of a sudden, boom, they are physically healed right in that moment. Um, you know, you hear of people that they have drug addiction and all of a sudden they gave their life to Jesus and there is an immediate just boom, they're healed. They no longer want to uh, go after that drug. Or alcoholism, you know, where someone's like, I didn't even want to touch alcohol, you know, when I, when I gave my life to Jesus. So that's immediate healing. You know, someone has cancer, all of a sudden the doctors look and they're like, it's gone. We don't know where it went. That's immediate. Number two is intermediate. It is a progressive healing. It is a, a where they get better over time. It is, you know, typically physically it's a, a medical thing where they're in, the, they're in the hospital and over a couple different months, all of a sudden they, they, they were healed. Um, or with addiction where um, someone may give their life to Jesus and they're like, hey, I still really want to go after that thing. And they, they go to, you know, um, NA or the alcoholic goes to AA in order to um, progressively heal and progressively get better um, in intermediate healing. And the number three is ultimate healing, ultimate healing. This is, this is a promise for every believer. One day we will be ultimately healed. There will be a day where there's no tears, no pain, no sickness, no death. And so for the believer, there is a promise of healing. No matter what, God will always heal. But here's the thing is that he ultimately knows what route is going to bring the most victory. Out of those three things, he knows what will bring the most victory. But here's the thing. Sometimes we can take that when you say, well, it doesn't really matter you know, God's always going to heal, so why should I pray for miraculous healing? Um, and a lot of times we use it as a way to sort of not put us into our, our or to keep us in our comfort zone. To so say, I don't really want to pray for other people. I don't really want to lay hands on somebody or, you know, whatever. And so, you know, um, God's going to do what he's going to do. But here's the thing is that I believe that we are called to pray for supernatural miraculous healing. Why? One, I think it's a faith builder. It builds faith to pray for something that we don't understand, that we couldn't do ourselves, that we couldn't explain ourselves. Um, and then two, why would we not want to see more miracles, more of the supernatural? I firmly believe that if you pray for more miraculous healing, you will see more miraculous healing. If you pray for more of the supernatural in your life, you will see more of the supernatural in your life. But I believe that if we walk around without faith, without praying for those miracles and that immediate healing, we're not going to see really any miracles. We're going to see a lot of explainable things happen. You may see something here or there, but what if you turn this into a lifestyle where you always ask for the miraculous? Will it happen 100%? No, because God ultimately knows what brings the most victory, but there will be moments where you see something and you are just in awe of God because it cannot be explained by anything other than him and his miraculous healing. And so we pray. We pray with faith and we pray with trust. We pray with faith that God can do anything, that he can immediately heal, that he can do the miraculous. And we pray with trust, knowing that we serve a good God. We're praying to a good, sovereign God who is ultimately going to pick um, he, who is going to heal in a way that will bring the most people to him. First Timothy 2 says that God's ultimate will is that he wants everyone to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. That's his ultimate will. 
And so he will heal and he'll do it in a way that ultimately brings the most people to him. So that's number two. And number three is that we pray like Jesus. We pray like Jesus. I remember back in the 90s, uh, there were the bracelets. They're actually coming back, but it was the WWJD. Um, and I remember I kind of got on the front end of it. Like I, I went to like the local Christian bookstore and I was like, that's pretty cool, WWJD. So I, I wore it. And then all of a sudden though, like, and I don't know if it's because I wore it or not, but like nationally, it just, it blew up. Everybody started wearing these bracelets. And so I was kind of a Christian bracelet hipster. I was like, Part of me is like, oh, that's cool. Like the gospel's being advanced. But then another part of me was like, that's kind of frustrating because I was like my thing and now everybody's doing it. So it's not as cool. So then like there were other ones that not as many people knew about that was like depend on God. It would, it would say dog with like a little bone. And it was like dog. And I thought it was cool because not a lot of people did that. And then more people started wearing the dog bracelets. And then I, then I wore the frog bracelet, which was fully rely on God. Um, but anyways, uh, WWJD, I remember it was this thing of what would Jesus do? And what it kind of was used as most often was like when you're in traffic and things are frustrating and you want to, you know, use a certain finger to wave to somebody, WWJD, what would Jesus do? Ah, I probably shouldn't do that. Just, you know, um, and it was sort of these sort of uh, explainable things where it's kind of like, ah, keep, it f- keep you from road rage or, you know, what would Jesus do? Um, but like, I think about like, if we, li- if we took the Bible literally and we said, what would Jesus do if he was here on this earth? If he walked into this room, if he worked at my job, what would Jesus do? If he lived on this street, what would Jesus do? And when I look through scripture and I see what Jesus did, but then I look at my life, I'm like, there's not a whole lot of parallels sometimes. Like I I think of in Luke 8, there's this guy named Jairus that, that came up to Jesus and he was leader of the synagogue and and Jairus, man, poor guy, his 12-year-old daughter was, was dying. So he comes up to Jesus, and, and, and he, he lets Jesus know, and he's, he's just distraught. And he's just saying, Jesus, my, my, my daughter is dying. I need you to come to my house. I need you to help. So they're on the way to Jairus' house. And, and it says that all these people are pressing in on Jesus. You think of like uh, the Beatles, you know, when, when there'd be all these, you know, people like pressing in and, and they're walking through crowds and everything. Or or do you think of, um, you know, I think of like the Masters, you know, where it would be like Tiger Woods and there's all these people and, and they're roped off, but there's all these people that are, that are around. And that, that's kind of how I picture. And Jesus is, is walking. There's all these people around him. They're all pressing on him and everything. And there's this one woman who had suffered from bleeding for 12 years, said that she had spent all of her money on doctors. She's at her wit's end. The doctors, there's nothing they can do about it. She spent all her money on it. And in this crowd, she just decides, she doesn't yell at Jesus or, 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 or get in front of him. Says that she was behind Jesus, kind of like she didn't really want him to know. And she reaches out and she just touches one of the tassels on his robe it says that the bleeding instantly stopped. How powerful is that? This woman had gone to doctors for 12 years, trying to get some sort of explanation. She spent all of her money on it. 
And literally she touches the, the hem, the little tassel on his robe. And she's instantly healed. And so Jesus stops and he says, who touched me? And there's all these, it's a funny question because all these people are all over him and the disciples are like, everybody's touching you, all right? And he says, you touched me. I felt some power go out. And this lady, she, she is sort of afraid and she, she, it says she comes trembling and fell down before Jesus and in front of everyone, shares this pretty sensitive medical condition. And Jesus says, daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace. And it says, while he's speaking, someone from Jairus' house says, don't bother. Jairus, your, your daughter, she died. It's too late. And Jesus says, don't, don't be afraid. And they get to the house and they go in and, and, and Jesus says, listen, this girl is just sleeping. And it says that everybody starts laughing because it's laughable. They're saying, there, there's no way that she's sleeping, that, 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 she could, that she could be brought back to life. There's no way. So Jesus goes in with three of his disciples and, and this girl's dad and mom. And, 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 and he says, child, get up. And it says the spirit returned to her. She gets up at once and the parents are astounded. Can you imagine that? You think your daughter is, your 12-year-old daughter is dead. And all of a sudden, Jesus says, child, get up. And spirits returned and she's just, she's alive. These are the kinds of things that Jesus did. Miraculous healings, supernatural healings. We see in this, this moment two times where, where Jesus in, the, in, in one day just miraculously heals, and just absolutely changes two people's lives. Things that couldn't, could not be explained other than just Jesus doing what only he can do. And he's powerful. He can do amazing things. But here's the thing is that, that Jesus said, he said, whoever believes in me will do the things I've been doing and even greater things. So we are called, we are, we are called to do these things that, that are amazing, are miraculous, are supernatural through the power of the Holy Spirit. Yet a lot of times I don't believe that for myself. I settle for the natural, for the explainable. Francis Chan, um, a very reputable pastor, um, written some amazing books. He, um, he, he recently told this, this story about how um, he, he was overseas and, and they were going through this, um, this village. And, and he said that something happened that he had never seen before in 52 years of his life. He said while they were visiting with these people, um, they started praying for them and praying for healing. And he said that every single person that came up he, and, he, and he touched them and he prayed for them. He said every single one of them was healed. He said that there was a young girl who was deaf that he prayed for. And all of a sudden she could start hearing again. And, and she gets her brother who was also deaf. They pray for her brother. Her brother is healed. And he said it was just this thing that he had never seen before. And what he said is because is, is, he thought, what, what's, why now? Why why did, why did this happen now? And, and one thing is he said, you know, the unity of the people that were, was there was just something unbelievable. But then he said, too, he was like, when you have a different mindset, 
and you literally think, what would Jesus do walking into this village? How would he act? What are the things he would do? And you believe that God can do those things through your life. Miracles happen. So I want you to think about all the places that you go. Your workplace. Your neighborhood. Your friend group. The grocery store. Think of all those places and think, how would Jesus act in this moment? What would he do? And you actually believe that God wants to do miracles through you. I think amazing things can happen. What if we took the Bible literally and we thought that every time we walked into one of those places that we have been given the authority from Jesus to to pray and to see healing in the lives of those around us. And so um, I'm going to leave you guys with a a video, again from Alpha, because sometimes we... Uh, sometimes we get a little nervous because we think, well, how do I do it? If I want to be naturally supernatural, not do it in some weird way where I walk in and I'm just like, I'm going to start healing people. Like when we naturally are, are, are people that people are drawn to, yet at the same time we see supernatural things happen, how do we do that? So I want you guys to check out this video. How do we pray for healing? Well, it's God who heals and not us. So there's no need for hype or shouting. There's no technique involved. And we treat people with dignity and respect. And if they're not healed, don't tell them that it's their fault or that God doesn't love them or that God's punishing them. Jesus always prayed with love and compassion. That was his motive and it should be ours too. One of the things we've found really helpful is words of knowledge. Ask God, will you show me? It might be through a picture or an impression that you have. Sometimes you might even experience a sympathy pain. Mm, But it can feel very vulnerable both giving out these words of knowledge and responding to them. But it's been said that faith is spelt R-I-S-K. So sometimes you need to step out of your comfort zone. And when it comes to praying for someone for healing, there's always a simple model that you can use. Just check with the person whether it's okay to place your hand on their shoulder or the place that hurts where appropriate, and then pray in Jesus' name and ask the Holy Spirit to come. And sometimes you'll need to pray more than once. Jesus prayed for a man who was blind, and he said to him afterwards, can you see? And the man replied, it looks like trees walking. So Jesus prayed again, and this time the man could see clearly. So don't give up. And even if you're not healed, prayer is a great blessing. With that, I want you guys to have the confidence that God wants to use you to heal. I'm going to leave you with this. In Romans 6, it says that the same power that raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. So let's pray. Jesus, Lord, we do not want to settle Lord, we do not want to be diverted from from an amazing part of following you, which is seeing healing in our lives and in the lives of people around us. God, I pray for courage. We would have the courage to seek supernatural and miraculous healing. We thank you that we can pray in faith and trust. Faith that you can do anything and trust that you are a good God. Lord, we love you. In your name I pray. Amen.